started uh, speaking on how to do it, um, how to be a, a disciple, how to be a follower of Christ mentally, and we wanted to continue a little bit more on this because I feel like we have so much to say, right? Well, I think Matthew has a lot to say. Uh, but, um, so I wanted you guys, uh, for you guys to follow me on Matthew 16, 21. And if you guys understand this, uh, this is where Jesus starts uh, foretelling his death. Uh, Matthew 16, 21, I'm reading the AMP version if you want to follow along. It says, from the time that Jesus began to show his disciples, Clearly, that he must go to Jerusalem and endure many things as at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed and be raised on the third day. 22 says, Peter took him aside to speak to him privately and began reprimanding him, saying, May God forbid this, this will never happen to you. And this is the, this, this is the verse that I want to get to you guys. And then Matthew 16, 23 says, But Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, but you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of men. So, as you guys can see here, I, I love this. I love this story a lot because we can see that what Jesus is foretelling, what Jesus is, uh, let's just say, foretelling is a type, type of prophecy. He's prophesying his future of he's saying, "I'm gonna have to die. I'm gonna have to suffer." Right? That's he knew that was what he had, he had to do. And one of his best disciples, which is Peter, comes to him, pulls him aside, and he starts like, um, like. Like teaching him a lesson, right? Like, like, like almost like teaching Jesus, yeah. right? And he goes, "No, this will never happen to you. How dare you come to say that?" And what I love the most is Jesus answers that he, J Jesus answers is so is so straight up, is so uh, how can I say it's like so cutthroat, right? Mm -hmm. He goes, "Get behind me, Satan!" And I love this because he went from a disciple, he went from somebody being filled by the Word of God, which is Jesus Himself, there to being and becoming like Satan. And then he says uh, three things. He says, "Get away, get behind me, Satan!" And it says. You are a stumbling block to me. And then the third one, it says, For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, for the things of man. So, the reason why I wanted to bring this up was because, as you guys can see, if you guys are not a, a follower of Christ, mentally, completely, then the only thing you have left is to have the uh, the mind of what's opposite, right? Of evil, the, the mind of of what's what's wrong of what's uh for example i don't want to say satan because i don't want to get anybody in you know uh, humanity uh, yeah yeah humanity exactly and if you guys understand that there's three things that you become right number one your mind starts becoming like the devil's mind not that you're going to start growing horns and you know wings and going to turn red but you know you start thinking that way and then you become a stumbling block to your brothers and sisters and why 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 does this happen because your mind is set on things of man and not of God. And I love this because, you know, what Jesus tells Peter, he doesn't tell him, get away from me. All other version says, get away from me. But it says, get behind me. Like, like I've already done this. I've already been tested. I've already been, uh, how did, what, what happened to Jesus after he got baptized? He already got uh, tempted. Uh, tempted. I've been already tempted and already beat this. Get away from me because I need to go up to this. And and, and it's, fun, it's funny because if you guys read one more, it says on the 24 says, then Jesus tells his disciples, if anybody wishes to follow me, as my disciple, and that's exactly what we're talking about, he must deny himself, 
set aside selfish interests and take up his cross, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come and follow me, believing in me, conforming my example and living hard and need to be suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. And he continues and goes on. But what I love about this is that he says, if you really want to be my disciples, you got to take up on my cross. Mm -hmm. And one of those cross that we have to take is our mental cross because sometimes we want to live life in... In, uh, in in happiness, you know, yeah. where unicorns and you know rainbows are, and live, <laughs> and that's not a, what a real life of a Christian is. A real life of a Christian is when you struggle, and honestly, you learn so much when you struggle. Like you, uh, like sometimes I struggle, and I learn. Like I'm sorry, I'm speaking so much, but uh, I just wanted to get my point across. And sometimes I struggle, and I learn like my uh, what's it called? I learn my uh, my weaknesses that I didn't know I had. I have very few, but you know, uh, <laughs> no, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, but, I'm but too strong, bro. Too strong, too strong. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, you start understanding, and this is what I love that if your mind is in Christ, you must understand that the suffering must happen and must come to your life. Of course, yeah. And a verse that actually reminded me of that was actually in 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. This is Paul speaking to the Corinthian this time, right? It says right here, imitate me just as I imitate Christ, right? And it's very short and simple and to the point, right? So, like, what was it like? We young people, and, or even old people who are listening to this, I respect every single one of you guys. <laughs> but um, what I'm trying to say is pretty much um, we have leaders around us. We have people who surround us and try and imitate Christ. Because that's the end goal, of course, right? Each and every one of us who follow Christ is to try and imitate him, of course, right? This is Paul sending himself as a leader to these people, um, the corner of being able to find some sort of reference in order to actually try and obtain this. But at the same time, we also have to be, be careful ourselves, right? We can't lay our trust completely on just one man, right? Where's the mental stability in that? Why are we leaving uh, mental stability in the fa- in, into the hands of humanity, right? Humanity is like the root of evil, of course, right? Um, but the reason why I believe Paul actually said this was because he actually himself wanted to become more like Jesus, more like God, of course, right? But who who can? Like, you know, you know we, every single day we try and um, become better ourselves. We try to leave our old man behind, of course, right? And it's really difficult, of course, with what surrounds us, of course, right? Because not only do we live in the world and we're often tempted by many things, um, but as well, like, was it like, we're like sons and children of God, of course, right? We're constantly being targeted. And for that to happen, um, obviously the enemy sees something within us, right? Um, very steadfast and heart in mind, of course, yeah. right? A future servant for the Lord, of course, right? So I just believe it's super beautiful, the fact that um, we ourselves are supposed to be steadfast into this um, great mentality, I guess you can say. Um, not for the benefit of just ourselves, but also for the benefit of those who surround us as well. Yeah. If people were to surround us and like, um, like we would, I guess you can say, like falsely imitate Christ and like, what was it like not be able to portray the doctrine as well? Then people are going to be like, oh, what kind of Christian are you? You know, like, what's this like? Are you really a follower of Christ yourself? And I, I, just, I feel like um, one of the things that, like, for example, that we need to imitate Christ and that we see an example of Peter is um, not letting our emotions kind of like overrun us, right? Because mm-hmm. we have to. Because we all know, like, our soul is, like, our emotions, right? Mm-hmm. And our heart is our emotions, and the, the Bible tells us that our heart is deceitful. And they've, uh, we've been taught that the mind and the emotions are very closely connected. So when he says that you're putting, like, your mind on the things of man, I see it as, like, your emotions are, like, his emotions were, like, taking charge of him. So, like, the world tells us, like, the world shows us, like, fear death, right? Because we don't know what's going to happen after, like... Everybody's like afraid to die, right? <laughs> Everybody has like that tiny seed of seedling of fear in them to die. But when you learn more of Jesus, you f- find more that like 
like Paul says, like death is gain for us, right? And Peter, I don't think, really understood this at the moment because he had been so heavily like reliant on Jesus. He's like, what are we gonna do without Jesus? Like, don't say that. Like, he's our friend. We love him. Like, what you don't we don't want you to die, right? But he let his emotions take over and that's what Jesus was like, okay, like, no, you're becoming a stumbling block because obviously Jesus had emotions too, right? Like he, he said, yeah, he didn't, die. it's not like he wanted to die. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, imagine you're already facing something so, like you're so afraid of and you're like, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. And your friends all around you are being like, okay, don't do it, don't do it. You don't have to die, like, don't do it. Like that's why it's like becoming a stumbling block because you're kind of encouraging somebody's emotions to let, like. To let them lose their Yeah, side to let them. Lose to their emotions. Um, and you know what I see in this is that if we don't have God, we're simply weak. And what happens when we're weak is that the devil can target us. And the way I see this is since we are created by God, we need God. And the it's like as simple as how we're created by our, our parents. We need our parents because they're our support system. And so the way we're, we're created by God, because he's the one that created uh, all humanity in one, we need him. We need to fall on him. And so we see this here in um, uh, being weak. Uh, the devil can easily target you because what you're going to do is is stress out and what the devil sees um like it says in 1 peter 5 8 that the devil is a roaring lion and so whenever he sees you're weak whenever you he sees like an easy target he goes for that and he starts filling your your mind with with um saying that oh you're alone or like evil thoughts or he he just starts filling your mind with nonsense and so this is why i like what you guys say that we have to be um headstrong in the Lord we have to go to the Lord we have to think like Jesus and so and I see here that in 1 Peter 1 13 it says therefore your minds must be clear and ready for action place your confidence completely in what God's kindness will bring you and when Jesus Christ appears again so we see here that we don't rely like Joshua said on the humans we don't rely on anything else but Jesus we don't rely but the father and so um another verse actually in collisions 3 1 and 2 it says if they if then you have been raised with christ seek the things that are above where christ is seated at the right hand of god set your minds on the things that are above not on things out of the earth so we see here that if we're really a true follower of christ if we're a true follower of the lord we have to seek the things that are the lord if not then we're setting our minds on the earth and that is um gonna get us nowhere that's easily like we said before you're easily targeted um by the devil and so you are you were a man before and now you're made new right but the old man looks at the things of the world but the new one looks for jesus yeah and i just wanted to add on to that because um like you said the enemy is always trying like the enemy is like a roaring lion like always ready at our weakest moments mm -hmm. right and i just wanted to uh, add a uh like some verses it's really long so i'm just gonna read a couple of them it's romans 7 um 15 to 25 um so but i just want to read a couple of them that i thought really stood out to me um which is 716 now if i do what i um what i do not want i agree with the law that is good and 17 so now it is no longer i who do it but sin that dwells within me 18 for i know nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh for i have the desires to do what is right but not the ability to carry it out and 19 for i do not for i do not do the good i want but the evil i do not want is what i keep on doing mm -hmm. right 
And then later, um, throughout through 25, he starts talking about how sin is actually written within our members, within our bodies, right? Yeah. But in 25, in verse 25, he says, I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve not the sin. And he also talks about, talks about how he has the law of God written in his mind, right? And I feel like with sin already like a part of us, like so much of a part of us in our flesh, it's so easy for the enemy to like get us in our weakest moments. And those weakest moments, always come to like i don't know about everybody else but i feel like the weakest moments always come to me when it's just like, you bro yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when it's been like a while without reading the bible right with like yeah. kind of like that like dry season it's just like you have no roots within god right and that's why um i like psalms one it talks about being a, a plant right rooted by the stream because if you're a plant rooted by the stream you have nothing to worry about when it's when there's no water because you already have that water so because your roots are so deeply rooted and the way we do that is it says that and um psalms 1 2 but his delight is in the law of the lord and on the law he meditates day and night so i feel like it's a very like basic way of saying like to say like oh the solution to this is to read the bible every day i feel like <laughs> time and time we hear it again like just read the bible read the bible over and over again but honestly it's like sometimes we forget how vital and important it helps like there are even studies that show like people who read the bible every day are less likely to be prone to like sexual sin and i just think it's amazing how much power the the bible holds and we forget it and the way that we can keep the enemy at bay and the way that we can have that law written in our minds the law of god is by reading the bible every day um, can you repeat what you said first about the the sin part? You said something first. Can I? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but you mentioned something yeah. about um, um, the the sin. But I wanted to relate to this verse right here in Jeremiah seventeen nine through ten, and it says nothing can oh that we try to hide sin and we're prone to sin if we're not mentally strong if we're not in Jesus. So I read the verse now Jeremiah Jeremiah seventeen nine through ten. It says nothing can hide its evil as well as a human mind. It can be very sick and no one really understands it. But I am the Lord and I can look into a person's heart. I can test a person's mind and decide what each one should have. I can give each person the right payment for what they do. So what we're basically, what we basically um, see here is that the human mind, uh, like you said, the human mind and the heart um, are connected and the heart is very deceitful and the mind hides the sin that we do and so what we what we have to do is obviously go to Jesus we yeah. think that that um that by by trusting in ourselves again trusting in humans we can we we yeah. can do it we can face it we're strong we're strong enough yeah. in quotation marks you know <laughs> um that because you guys can see us um but we're not and i like this verse too in james 3 8 through 11 it says but no one can control the tongue it is wild and evil fully of a deadly poison and so i know danny has something to relate that that the mind um, connects to what we have to say and it says um, it's fully of a deadly poison we use our tongue to praise our Lord the Father but then we curse people who were created in God's likeliness. So how is it that these praises and curses come from the same mouth? My brothers and sisters, this should not happen. Do 
do good water and bad water flow in the same spring? Of course not. So this is saying that two two um, sprouts of water cannot come out from the same mountain. It one, huh? Fountain. Fount oh, yeah, I said, said mountain. mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, cannot come out of the same fountain. There is. <laughs> it's impossible for dirty water to come out of the same clean water. That does it does not happen. So it says, um, but like I said right here, but no one can control the tongue. And it's actually crazy to me because we, like we said before, we think we have control. We think we have the strength um, to say uh, whatever we want to say or to not say what we want to say. But it's in Jesus is that when we actually have the strength because it's his strength in us. Yeah, and I just want to, sorry, I know you have the verse <laughs> that you were talking about, but I just want to add something real quick because you are talking about how our mind tries to hide our sin. Mm -hmm. And I just think um, I want to add that like our minds can be so like powerful and that we kind of like underestimate it, right? Because our mind is what makes our whole body function, right? And our mind can like kind of convince us of like things that are not actually true, right? And I'm gonna explain it right now. I know it makes no sense right now, but <laughs> I'm gonna explain it right now. Like for example, like um, we sin, right? And our mind being like um, being like man like our mind tries to always like justify that sin and always be like yeah but like is it really bad if I do this right and sometimes it like succeeds in like convincing us and, and like we're just like oh maybe it's actually not bad if I do this like I don't know why people have been telling me like this is bad the whole time and our mind's like yeah like I don't know why they're saying that but that's why it's important to have also the mind of Christ right because then I feel like it's kind of like two voices in your head right like, I'm not trying to be able to say I'm schizophrenic or something, but, <laughs> yeah, but, like... <laughs> well, the reason, that we're, the reason why it happens, and let me, let me explain to you a little bit more, because uh, maybe you guys don't know this, but the way that the body is made up is we have three different, literally, people inside of us, right? Not different people, right, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah. And we have, like, different layers, <laughs> like, different layers inside of us, right? And a lot of people don't think that your consciousness is the one you're speaking to. Uh, or your conscience, right? But in reality, that's not true. What you're speaking into your inner man, your inner, course, yeah. your inner man or inner woman. Uh, I, I'm not saying that there's no inner woman. There is an inner woman, right? <laughs> but I'm just saying like your inner woman. And there's a lot of people that are not in touch with that yeah. person. So and that inner woman or inner man. Well, I, don't, I have an inner man, but you know, you guys have inner woman. But I was gonna tell you that uh, that if you guys are not speaking to that person, yeah. that's person, that person in you, it's like your potential. Like for example. Yeah, I'm sorry, this is me, but this, this, like for example, when I don't want to wake up in the morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you're like, oh, I don't want to go. Like that's my outside. No, I don't want to go. But there's a little voice that goes, oh, do you not want to wake up? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you really want to be successful? Do you want to continue being, no, I don't want to be the same anymore. Okay, then let's go. Let's wake up. Yeah. Hey, let's do this. That of inner course. man is the one that you need to enter. Uh, what's it called? That your mind needs to be in touch with. Yeah. So they, yeah. that can push you and lead you yeah. and take you. And of course, that inner man is led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Of and that's right. why... Um, in Psalms 103.1, David talks to his soul, right? He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name, right? And he keeps going, like saying, not, don't forget his benefits. And that's why it's super important to, like, have to talk to ourselves, right? Because um, that, well, I want to, like, relate it to, like, ex like experience, right? Like, um, like, I go to the gym, right? And <laughs> sometimes, like, when you're, like, trying to pump out that last rep, you, like, thought you were, like, okay, like, I have to do this. Like, you actually have to, like, I, like, sometimes physically, like, out loud, like whisper to myself, right? It's weird. I don't know. Right? Yeah. That your mind gives up before your body. Nah, nah. Yeah, but like that's how we have to be with ourselves, right? Like if you even get like that little thought of that little ceiling in your mind that's saying like, oh, maybe like try to do this. Like you should be 
like, no, like, be quiet. Like, because it's your soul telling you that. And you have to be like, be quiet and like, let the, the Lord try to take over from there. So. Okay, you know what I'm going to tell you guys? I wanted, I wanted to uh, read uh, Matthew 6, 19. Just to see you guys were talking about this. I think uh, this is nice. Uh, it says, do not store up yourselves material treasures on earth where moth rust destroy but where, or where the sorry where the thieves break in or steal 20 says but store up yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break or break in or steal it says for where your treasure is your heart is mm-hmm. and you and there you will be also and, uh, uh, the beautiful thing about this is that it tells us exactly what you were saying right and uh, it all goes back to our mental our mental capacity in in God's uh, in God's ways right because you were saying if we don't read the bible if we don't store up treasures Spiritually, how can we win spiritually? It's impossible, right? Like you all want to have savings, right? You want to have savings. Everybody wants to have savings in this world, right? Yeah. To have money. But I always wonder, like, what are savings for? In case of what? In case of a rainy day, right? Emergencies, right? right? Emergencies, Emergencies, right? Yeah. You usually the people say that you got you gotta you know save up six months of all your what you gotta you know pay it. Yeah, yeah in case you, you advance, in case yeah. you lose your job. Mm-hmm. But my question is this. Do we do the same thing for for for, for, for spirituality? Because not all days are good. Mm-hmm. What about that rainy day comes a lot sooner spiritually yeah. than uh, monetarily, and we are completely poor in our spirit. Mm-hmm. And and not not has that happened to, to regular people. It happens to everybody when that you know depression hits you in the face, and you're like, oh my god, you know, I don't want to get up. You gotta be able to fight it, just like Jesus did in his temptation. Yeah. Yeah, that's why your mind, your mind, uh, what's it called? Your mind needs to be strong, and your treasure also needs to be, you know, plentiful. You know what? In order to change your mind, you have to change your heart, because your heart is is like I get the root of all um, of your mind. Let's say that. Okay. So, and I see in Acts eight twenty two, Acts eight twenty two, it says, "Change your heart." Turn away from these evil thoughts and pray to the Lord. Maybe and maybe he will forgive you. I see that, that this is crazy because um, the verse that says that the heart, I mean, that the Lord knows your heart. But people, what people see is actions, right? So you can be praising holy, holy, but the Lord sees your heart. And so if you're not turned away from your evil thoughts and you pray to the Lord and you don't change your heart, he won't forgive you. Um, and so sometimes, sometimes when I'm like, like in full of sin and I'm like damn bro why do I keep sinning like why do I why do I keep doing this um and I blame myself I'm like dude I know better than this but and then I I read this verse and it says here in Romans 8 9 in the version ERV it says but you are not ruled by your sinful selves you are ruled by the spirit and if that spirit of God really lives in you um Oh, sorry. I'm going to read that again. You are ruled by the Spirit if that Spirit of God really lives in you. But whoever does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Christ. And what's crazy is that the MSG version, uh, version, sorry, it says, But if God himself has taken up residence in your life, you can hardly be thinking more of yourself than of him. So this is actually crazy of what i see here in the version msg because it says that we humans we think of ourselves first we put ourselves first we're not putting anything or anyone else first that we're putting what's good for me i want to do this i want to do that but we're not putting god first so here it says that if we're in him if we have god living in us we we think more of him we are putting her himself we're putting him before us, yes, and he's the one guiding you us. Know, I was gonna tell you, do the do your example, <laughs> do your example of Samuel because this exactly fits yeah, perfectly with um, it. Yeah. Um. So my example of Samuel is um, 
Well, my example is Samus when he's choosing a new king after Saul, right? Because Saul, you know, messed up too many times. <laughs> and God was like, okay, we're going to anoint a new king. And this was obviously when he's going to go to see David. But before that, um, he goes and um, he he meets with Jesse, I believe, right? Um, David's father. And he tells him to bring out his sons. And he brings out the sons are bigger strong. By the way, sorry about the noise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's just, I don't know how loud it is. <laughs> but yeah, um, so, um, Samuel um, sees all the sons that Jesse brings out. And they're all like big and strong, right? And um, it's, all, it's all in 1 Samuel 16. And Samuel, with every son, he's like, oh, Lord, it has to be this one. Like, look how big and strong he is. And he's like, no, it's not that one. And he does it with all the other sons. And in the end, he ends up, the Lord ends up telling him, like, there's another son. And then Samuel's like, is there another son that you have? And then he's like, yeah, but he's, like, watching over my sheep in the fields, right? He's like, call him. And he, they call David, and they find out that it's David, even though he's not as big and strong, you know. And honestly, that, like, Samuel's mind kind of like Samuel's mind kind of like took over there right instead of like having the Lord's mind he only saw with his human eyes and being like okay like this looks like the right decision right this looks like the right choice but in reality God sees like Shaley said God sees much deeper than that and when we rely on our own mind and our own um, emotions and our own eyes our own physicality that's when we start making errors because it's not about what we see. It's about so much deeper than that, and God can see so much deeper than that, which is why, I mean, we've talked about this a lot in the other podcast, but which is why we have to surrender our own understanding, our mm -hmm. own thoughts, our own logic, right? Because it seems logical that, like, oh, a king for Israel, like God's people, it has, he has to be big and strong. He has to look good. But God's like, no, it doesn't matter how he looks. It has to matter how he looks within, and that's why he chose David. Mm -hmm. Because his heart was just, it was yeah, after God's heart. God, yeah. uh, the reason why I love that you said that, oh, the reason why I told you to say this is because a lot of people, a lot of people forget that Saul, Saul the king before David, was actually the tallest, mm -hmm. was actually the best looking. So they got in the whole mess in the first and, place. And right, <laughs> it's, it's not that it was a, you know, a mistake, because I don't think God makes a mistake, but it's almost like, it's almost like God wanted to show people, like, look, it's not about how you look. It's not about, for example, I always find the story of uh, David and Goliath funny, right? Because Goliath was a giant. And uh, it says that uh, Saul, the Bible says that Saul was a head bigger than everybody else on Israel. So who was supposed to fight Goliath? Saul. Saul. And in reality, big big with big, right? Yeah. And yet, the smallest one goes and fight. you know? Mm -hmm. The one that uh, doesn't even take any armor. Instead, he picks up five rocks, as you guys all know, uh, typify, you know, the five ministries. And he beats him with that and kills him with that. And everything that he does, he does with small things because God loves to rejoice not on how everything looks, but how inside looks. That's why I always tell people it's all about how you have inside and sooner or later, it'll show up outside. You have to understand, I'm sorry. No, it's cool. No, you're, you're good? Okay, so I was going to tell you that honestly, that example goes exactly with you because you were saying, right, that's, it's a uh, when you call your nose like that, you're hilarious. Uh, she called her nose up, so it's hilarious. But I was gonna tell you that that I love the fact that that David and Saul, like or not not Saul, David and, and Samuel. Samuel went in thinking his own mind, putting it. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna choose a, a king the same way I, like I did before, and then he come. God comes, slaps him, and says, "Now nope, I'm gonna do it yeah. my way." Now, how how are you gonna do it with his with his mind? What which mind? Where's his mind at? That's what's. Guys, as young people, where is your where is your mind at? Like, if you notice, like, what are you thinking about all day? Like, yeah. are you thinking about Fortnite? Like, are you thinking about the gym? 
Like, are you thinking about girls? Are you thinking about, like, we have to see where your mind is at because if you're not thinking about the, the spiritual realm, like, yeah, like, yeah, somebody asked me today, if you guys were not, if you guys were not, if you guys were not thinking about spirituality and Jesus, then guys, literally, that's, that's a mistake. And it's very easy to, like, be enticed by the world. Sorry, I know she has something to say, but I just want to say, so because she also mentioned before, I don't want to, like, change topics because she mentioned before how humans are, like, kind of raised to be like, oh, always put yourself first, right? Mm -hmm. That's what the world tells you, like, put yourself first. And when you start to think in that mentality, that's when it starts to get like all crazy with the world like you see right now, right? When you start saying, oh, but that's not how I feel. Like I wanna put myself, I don't care what everybody else says, right? It's about my logic, it's about my feelings. And that's when we start seeing people wanting to become dogs and giraffes, you know? <laughs> yeah, and it starts to become <laughs> crazy because then they're like, okay, yeah, I don't care what you say, but this is how I feel. But us being imitators of Christ, us being children of God, we can't do that because or we, should, we shouldn't do that, we can't do that, but we shouldn't. <laughs> because we all know that our human mind is not what actually is right, and that's what the world gets wrong. It's not about us, it's about God. And honestly, God does everything for our own benefit, you know? Like, it's nothing is like, oh, like, why am I putting my own feelings aside? Like, that's not good for me. But God actually does it for our own benefit, because in the long run, then we're gonna have eternal life and not, you know, suffer, so. You know who I think about when you say when you said uh, surrendering your surrendering your thoughts. I immediately thought of Job, and um, uh, this, the verse that I'm gonna say right now is that he was going through a bunch of uh, trials of when the devil t uh, tempted him. He took away everything, but that's not what I want to focus on. What I want to focus on is on Job. Th uh, three job 120 and it says when job heard this he got up tore his clothes and shaved his head to show his sadness then he fell to the ground to bow down before god and then on 21 it says and and said when i was born into this world i was naked and had nothing and so when i die and leave this world i will be naked and have nothing the lord gives and the lord takes away Praise the name of the Lord. And this part I, I find crazy because Job understood that without God, we have nothing. We were brought into this world with nothing. And so he wanted to go back and surrender to the Lord and say, here, Lord, I am with nothing. Again, you guide me. You t you. Um, you're the one yeah exactly you're the one taking over and in the verse 20 it says when he shaved his head to show his sadness I'm not saying you have to shave your head to show like like anything you know like yeah but um, but this representation here that job did is that he fully surrendered his thoughts to the Lord because your hair symbolizes um, your thoughts uh, your coverage and so when he did this he was like no Lord you are the one on top of me. Mm, I like that. And you know, I'm talking about surrender. There's like so many in the in the Bible, right? Honestly, there's so many yeah. that surrender <laughs> in the Bible. And then I think the best one, I think is the one that you have is uh, from the yeah. answer box. Why don't you, why don't you talk? So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, my example is in Luke 7, 37 to 50. And um, so what happened was, well, I'm going to read the first few. And it, so Luke 37, it says, and behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that there was a reclining at table, that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, bought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. And then now when the Pharisees um, who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman is this is touching him, for she is a sinner. 
And then he says, um, and then Jesus says, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. And then he starts going into it. And basically in the end, he, she's forgiven for her sins, right? And what I want, what I like got from this, which is so amazing, mm. is because um, that is kind of like a sign of worship, right? To be at Jesus' feet, you know, to, you know, give him your perfume, the best of what you have, and lay it at his feet and lay it all down. And what she does that is so amazing here is that she wiped her tears and it with the hair of her head and kissed his feet, right? Mm -hmm. And anointed him with the ointment. And as Shaylee said, our hair signifies our thoughts. So there's a lot of ways that people see worship, right? And a lot of people might, might see it as like Sunday night when we're singing um, Agnes Day or we're singing Holy, <laughs> Holy, Holy, right? Or Fiesta del Desierto. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But, um, but uh, yeah, a lot of people might see it as like singing a song and like we're in church and like, oh, that was a nice worship. And then we go home and then we just go back to living our normal lives. But that's not worship. You know, we are we see in the Bible that worship is, as they said in the other podcast of the physical one, we have to put ourselves we have to sacrifice ourselves every day and that is true worship and here i feel like it's kind of like the cherry on top that she puts right is to wipe her hair on her, on his feet and what we also have to do is surrender our thoughts to jesus and surrender our understanding and our logic like i've been saying this whole time <laughs> like i feel like i'm repeating myself but honestly it's so amazing because like to other people in, like it says like the pharisees say like oh like she's a sinner and she's at his feet like that's weird right like and to humans, like, I, like, watched the show, and, like, um, <laughs> it was, like, a medieval setting, and somebody's, like, telling, like, this beggar, like, oh, kiss my feet, right? And it seems like a very humiliating place to be at somebody's feet, right? But what we see here is that at Jesus' feet, it's, like, actually, like, such a holy place to be, right? And that just shows another, like, inverse of, like, reversing, like, what the world thinks and what Jesus shows us. And so, yeah, what she does is she wipes it, um her hair on his feet, kind of like showing like, I'm surrendering everything, all my logic, all my understanding at your feet, Jesus. And that is kind of like a true sign of worship to like be like, oh, everything I am, including my thoughts, my desires, I laid at your feet. And keep in mind that in the, in the foot of Jesus, it's not like he's forcing it, right? Yeah. Like like when you say we are slaves of Christ, it's not like we're actually like being, you know, whipped and being kept like in small boxes, right? We're being uh, slaves for love, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why surrendering is so important. I, that's why I love the story when, when that I've asked about because nobody forced her, you know? Mm -hmm. Nobody told her you have to do this in order to do this. But it came out of, out of complete, you know, from her own heart, from her own mind, mm -hmm. and she gave the best. And, you know, honestly, she probably didn't even know at the moment, but God did. The way that he, she even cleaned her feet with her, with her, with her what's it called, with her, with her hair, which is exactly that, her thoughts, right? What is it? What, what are we going to do? We're going to, like you said, uh, God lets us be at his feet, not because he wants to be a ruler overall and, you know, puts his feet over our head, but instead as a, as we, we we get low and we say, God, we understand who you are and you are always above us no matter what. There's actually a verse um, that Jesus says to his disciples on how to be a disciple. And it says in Matthew 16, 24, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must set aside selfish interests and take up his cross, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come, and follow me, believing in me, conforming in my example in living, and if if need, oh, sorry, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. So we see here that if we want to be followers of Jesus, 
we have to be like Jesus. Like Joshua said in the beginning, we aim to be like Jesus. Um, I see here in another verse in Matthew 10, 39, it says, those who try to keep the life they have will lose it. But those who give up their life for me will find true life. So we see here that if you don't abide to Jesus and you try to be your own, you try to be your own man, you try to uh, go through life without Jesus, without being headstrong in Jesus, you will lose it. You are going to go nowhere. You're going to be uh, depressed. You're just, all bad things are going to happen to you, you know? <laughs> You're going to die. You know what I was going to tell you guys? We have to wrap this up because honestly, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's getting a little bit too late. Too late but I was going to tell you guys that it's in Matthew uh, 721, I always read this and it says, not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, uh, will go into the kingdom oh, of heaven. Yeah. And it says, but it says instead, it says, it says, uh, but uh, he do. I had the King James version. Uh, he says, but instead, only the people that do my Father's will, right? It says, but no one does. So we're not going inside unless they do the Father of my will, who's in heaven. And that, and then that that word will, it's it's so beautiful because that word will actually comes down to inclination, thoughts of do what God wants. So uh, keep in mind that it's not. Keep in mind that there's there's, well, there's two different things, right? You can be going to church. You can be going and going through the motions, like a lot of people say, mm-hmm. but your mind can be somewhere else different. And that's why, I honestly, I always say this. I'm against people that play instruments in church that autopilot because you're there and you're playing the right notes, but you are somewhere else. And then we're wondering, oh, why isn't the Holy Spirit moving? Well, because you're not there. Your mind is not there. But those people that do and their mind is there, there's like a uh, there's like a higher, that's just APC Nagogo, right? There's like a higher meaning when your body and your mind is there. And that's what's gonna tell you is that those people, the people that God will not recognize, but only the people that actually did incline to the Father's will. And that's why, and that's what makes a, a perfect, I don't wanna say perfect, but maybe a, a disciple of Christ, having your, men, your mental your mental state also tied to the, God, to the will of God. Guys, I'll see you guys next week. Uh, like we said, Matthew said, uh, sorry for uh, all the noise we're going. Uh, you know, full remodel, you know, remodelation. That's that how you say it? No. Uh, remodeling? Yeah, remodeling. Yeah, sorry. You get to say that, right? Uh, remodeling. <laughs> Renovations. Yeah, church here. Oh. And honestly, I'm so sorry. <laughs> if you guys hear a bunch of people speaking or a bunch of hammering, I'm so sorry. But guys, I'll see you guys every uh, Wednesday at 4 p.m. God bless. Take care. And I hope this is a blessing. See ya.